Well, good morning, Florida Fun Podcasters. Welcome to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida Fun. Today is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. My name is Josh, I'm your host, and this is episode 15. And as you may have heard from the open, today is about space. Space, the final frontier. Space, what lies beyond the stars and what is waiting for us when we finally head out there into the great unknown. Before we get started, I want to do a little housekeeping, catch up on what you can do to get a hold of me, be a part of the program. You can always drop me an email anytime. My email address is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter. I am floridafun6 on Twitter. Post all the time, polls, contests, questions for you guys. And on Instagram, you can catch my Florida Fun Podcast live video series anytime. Uh, they are there. They're available for you at any time, and that is Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. Um, keep a lookout. Uh, there's going to be merchandise coming out soon, uh, live reviews of restaurants and food, and uh, maybe another trip coming up sometime soon. So definitely keep a lookout for future episodes. So here in Florida, we have a pretty good relationship with the space program, with NASA, with the Kennedy Space Center. And it's been going on for a long time. Back into the 50s and 60s, the Kennedy Space Center was around. And that was when President Kennedy had basically challenged the United States to go to the moon. Now, the space race, I don't know if you remember that or not, but that was a long time ago. That was between the United States and Russia or the Soviet Union. And there was a challenge to see who could go to space first, who could go to the moon first, who could put the first astronauts up. And President Kennedy said, we're going to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And it was. It was a very difficult thing to do. You had to develop a way to beat the Earth's atmosphere. You had to develop a rocket that you could use. You had to develop a thing that not get your astronauts killed. You had to find a way to get them back home safely, recover them. You had to find a way to you know, have all this equipment, uh, stay under budget, to be able to find development. So it was a huge thing. And that led to the space program called NASA, the National Aeronautical and Space Administration, which is in existence today. Now, the space shuttle came out of all those original rockets and developed along the way, and it was a reusable uh, method of transportation into and out of space. Um, And it was kind of a, a space taxi kind of a thing, and it was very, very cool. And it was definitely something that, as time went on, the space shuttle showed that it was more and more usable and more and more efficient and more and more able to be used again and again and again, recovered again and again and again, and it was a very, very cool way to get from here to there. Eventually, the space shuttle lived its usefulness out and uh, went the way of the dinosaur and is no longer. Now, if you go to the Kennedy Space Center, you can see one of the space shuttles, the actual space shuttle. It's right there, which is a very, very cool thing and uh, a very, very neat way to to look at the, the history of the space program here in the state of Florida. What I'm talking about is SpaceX. And SpaceX was 
A company or a creation of Elon Musk, and Elon Musk is a billionaire who designed and, and initiated the Tesla, and I'm sure you've seen them on the road. They're electa, electric cars, uh, very high-tech, very computerized electric cars, and they're very, very cool. Um, but this is his baby. Uh, Mission Blue is his baby, SpaceX, uh, the Dragon Rockets, uh, so those are all his baby, and they've been up and down several times. Um, but this one was a little special. This one was the first mission without any trained astronauts. No professional astronauts went up into space this time. Now, the mission was September 15, 2021. It took off from the Kennedy Space Center. That's on the East Coast, right in the Melbourne, Brevard County area on the East Coast. Very close. You can't, can't miss it. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from pretty much everywhere in the state. This was September 15, 2021. And it was from pad 39A at 8.02 p.m. So it was a night launch, which is kind of cool because you can see the flames from forever down the beach. And a lot of times you can see them throughout the state, depending on where you are, where the rocket goes. And the mission was called Inspiration 4. Kind of a cool name, Inspiration, right? Going to space. And there was a lot of cool facts about the Inspiration 4 mission. So I'm going to go over a lot of those with you today. Um, they were inside a Crew Dragon spacecraft. It was 229 feet tall, so that is a huge, massive, gigantic ship, a huge, massive, gigantic rocket to get to space. Um, a quote from the uh, commander, the mission commander, uh, Jared Isaacman. He said, quote, Few have come before, and many are about to follow. The door is now open, and it's pretty incredible. So what was he talking about? Right? He was talking about the ability of people before him to go to space and the ability of people after him to go to space. So the Inspiration4 mission basically is changing the way that we travel to space. It's changing the way that we're able to leave this planet and go and explore areas around us, go to the ISS or the International Space Station and beyond. And it's designed to carry pretty much anybody. Um, I'm going to tell you the story of, of all the, the, the crew that went up into the, the um, into space, and, and they actually went farther than the International Space Station, way up into space, and it was very, very cool. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the crew. Um, the mission commander, like I said, his name is Jared Isaacman. He is a billionaire tech entrepreneur. Um, there was another woman on board named Haley Arsenault. She's a cancer survivor, a former patient of St. Jude, and a physician's assistant. Uh, there was an auction winner. Uh, his ticket was actually auctioned off, named Chris Sombrowski, and a geoscientist and a professor at Southern Mountain Community College in Phoenix, Arizona. Her name is Sian Proctor. Uh, she actually was the only one on the ship who was remotely qualified uh, to pilot the ship, fly the ship, to get the ship from point A to point B. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit about the crew and about what they did and who they are and how they came to flying because it's, it's a super fascinating idea uh, about these people and, and how they kind of found their way into space because they all have kind of their own story. Uh, Sean Proctor, like I said, is a geoscientist and a professor. Uh, her father worked on the Apollo moon program at NASA and she's always wanted to be an astronaut. Um, she is fascinating. She is a certified pilot. She's gone through a bunch of training. She is just really, really neat. Uh, billionaire tech entrepreneur uh, Jared Isaacman purchased his ride on the flight for, quote, an undisclosed amount of money. Um, so I'm, he bought his way basically onto the, plan, on, onto the ship. Um, Haley Arsenault has a great story. Like I said, she's a cancer survivor and a former patient at St. Jude's, and she's working as a physician assistant 
Um, so she kind of turned her life and said, you know what, I'm going to help other people. I'm going to go into medicine and I'm going to help them uh, the way that they help me. She's actually working for the organization that helped to save her life. So she is kind of totally turning the system all the way around, repaying those who paid for her by helping people who saved her life, helped to save other lives. So she's, she's just a fascinating individual. Um, she is the youngest American to fly in space. And she is also the first to fly in space with a prosthesis. Um, she has a metal rod in her leg following surgery in her battle with cancer. So normally those kind of things would not be allowed. Astronauts would not be allowed to, to have those kind of things. Uh, astronauts are usually in uh, fantastic physical condition. They're tested for years. They're trained. They go through mental health counseling. They go through training. They're physically trained. They go through G-force training. Flying. Usually a lot of them are test pilots or they're in the Air Force. Um, or in some kind of way there. But these are ordinary folks, guys. These are people like you and me. Oh, I don't say like you and me, but not astronauts, right? They're, they're not astronauts that flew up. Uh, there's, a, there's a quote that basically said, the crew hopes that their mission will inspire others around the world to never give up and keep pursuing their dreams of reaching for the stars. That was very Star Trek, uh, I thought. It kind of hit me as being very Star Trek, you know, and the continuing mission to explore the galaxies and reach beyond the stars. I thought that was really, really neat. Um, the mission is going to be kind of a trip into what is supposed to be a new era of space, right? In which regular people can travel to space. Like we talked about earlier, regular folks like you and me and anybody. So right now, obviously, you have, you know, special cases like Haley Arsenault, who's a cancer survivor. And you have, uh, there was a, a raffle that was done and, and, um, the, Chris Sombrowski was, was the one who won the raffle and went into space and Jared Isaacman bought his way in and you know there was a, uh, a woman, uh, Sean Proctor, who wanted to go into space and she was actually uh, 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 in the NASA program, the, the, the pilot program uh, and she wanted to be an astronaut but things didn't quite work out for her and she finally gets a chance to go into space but guys, this isn't the end of it, right? We are all going to have at some point a chance to do this. Now, I don't know if it's going to be billions of dollars to buy your way into space or if it's going to be something that, you know, maybe at some point, you know, ordinary folks are going to be able to go into space. You know, maybe you can plan this for maybe a vacation, you know, go up in space for, you know, three, four, five days and come back home after your, your trip. And, and it, it's just, it's amazing to, to think of the possibilities. Um, the crew are the fourth ever to ride in the Dragon Capsule, so they are the fourth ever group of people to ride in the Dragon Capsule, but it has been used more than once, and we're going to go over that in just a second. Um, the vehicle is built as a taxi to ferry people to and from space and the International Space Station, like we said. Um, Jared Isaacman serves as a mission commander. Uh, the crew all had jobs. Uh, Proctor is the first pilot. She's the first ever black female spacecraft pilot. So that is very cool. They, they did a bunch of firsts here, guys. There was a bunch of stuff that they did that they broke barriers. You know, the first ever, the youngest person to ever fly. The first ever uh, African-American female pilot. The first ever to have a, a prosthesis travel in the space. They're breaking barriers left and right saying, you know what, if we can do it, you can do it. You know, there's no need to say anymore that I'm female, I can't do things. Or I'm African-American, I can't do things. Or I'm too young, I'm too inexperienced, I can't do things. These guys are showing you that that's all a bunch of garbage and that you and I and, you know, I'm going to be 50 years old in February and that you and I should be able to travel to space. You and I should be able to have these things and pursue our dreams and to be able to live up to those challenges that are in life and be able to say, you know what, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it being difficult because, like President Kennedy said, we're going to space not because it's easy but because it's hard. 
right? We want to take those challenges on and we want to do the hardest thing that we possibly can do to prove that we can do it. And life is tough enough, right? Life is a, is, is a challenge as it is. And for us to look at space and say, man, whew, that's a ways up there. That's a long, long way up there. And yet, here we are, right? We're looking at an all-civilian team that went into space. Now, again, Shion Proctor, certified pilot, NASA program. You know, she was not a certified astronaut, but she was very, very close. Um, but the other three had no training, uh, none, zip, squat. They were not astronauts. They were not pilots. They, they had, I mean, there was some training that they went over with NASA, and I'm going to go over that in a second, too. But they were not astronauts. They were not certified astronauts in any way, shape, or form. They were just folks like you and me. And to look at them and say, well, you know what? Hey, they can do it. Why can't I do it? That's the attitude you need to have, right? Um, the Dragon was the first flown to the ISS and space on May of 2020. That was the first time that the Dragon rocket had traveled to space, which was very, very cool. Um, traveled a height of 357 miles above the Earth, and that is higher than the Hubble Space Telescope and the International Space Station. So they went beyond the Space Telescope and beyond the Space Station to show that, hey, you know, let's reach a little farther into space. Let's see a little farther out there, see what we can find. Um, they were still in orbit, so they didn't leave the Earth's orbit. They were still trapped in our, our gravitational pull of the planet. Uh, the crew experienced approximately 15 sunrises and sunsets per day while they traveled around the Earth. And they were gone for approximately three days. Um, to let you know, the vehicle is fully autonomous. So, yes, Proctor is a certified pilot. Yes, she can fly. Yes, she can do all those great things. But she really wasn't required to do so. Um, the mission was basically ideally actually being uh, piloted from the ground. And uh, that's from the SpaceX team on the Earth. So if you've never seen a SpaceX mission, guys, uh, they put them on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, they are very, very cool. Uh, it is certainly something that they will let you know what's happening in the video. They'll talk about the mission. They'll talk about the ship. They'll talk about how long they've been in space, what's happening now with the ship, you know, which rocket boosters are firing, what's going to happen from here on out, how they're going to recover the base. Uh, it's really, really cool. And so here's the other part of that, right? So the other part of that is, as the rocket blasts off, the Dragon 9 rocket blasts off into space, the top part of the rocket breaks off. The bottom part, the booster that pushes that big engine, pushes them up into space, that actually will break off and it'll come back to Earth. Now, in the past, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, whatever, uh, those big solid rocket boosters, those big engines would splash into the ocean and then they would have to be reused in some way or whatever. This one is fully autonomous. It will come back on its own. There are catch ships or locations on the pad where it'll literally fly all the way back and land exactly where it took off. Or it'll go to a ship in the ocean somewhere and land rocket side down, the fire side down, onto a ship. And if you've never seen it before, guys, go and, go and check out one of the old SpaceX missions and, and watch as they recover the base. Super, super cool. I wasn't used to that. I'm used to the two ro the solid rocket boosters breaking off, kind of falling through space, falling all the way down and then splashing into the ocean somewhere, Indian Ocean or Pacific Ocean somewhere, and then they have to go and find them, divers and recovery teams, that kind of thing. This doesn't happen with SpaceX. So SpaceX has covered all those details and said, you know what, I think we might need to use that again. Let's see if we can find a way to reuse that, and it'll land on its own, either on the pad there at Kennedy Space Center or on a ship in the ocean. 
So I thought that was very, very, very cool as well. Um, let's see. The crew went through more than 90 different training programs and were uh, trained to handle anything uh, from aura emergencies in orbit, 30 straight hours in the simulator, small anomalies to emergency deorbit. So they were trained um, a lot. Uh, they went through a lot of training. And that certainly is something that by having all that training, uh, you know, is, is that equivalent to being an astronaut? No, but is that more than I know? Uh, yeah, by far. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to act inside one of those things. Um, not that I don't want to go. I do want to go. If I had a chance to go to space, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Um, but, uh, you know, 30 straight hours in the flight simulator is a long time. I like my sleep. I like my food. I like my TV. I like to be around people. But you figure when you're in space, that's it, guys. You get to look out that window, and that's it. So you better get used to being in that simulator for a long, long time. They were probably in their spacesuits the whole time, too. Um, the crew trained for a barrage of scientific and medical experiments in space. I thought this was really cool. These are ordinary folks, right? So they ultrasounds, monitoring blood oxygen levels and pulse rate to expand knowledge of microgravity effects on the human body. Um... The interesting part is that most of the scientific tests performed on space were on astronauts, and these are going to be the first performed on normal people. So this is a very, very cool thing as well, because not only do those folks go to space, and they have the ability to do all these things in space, um, but they're ordinary folks. And the information on that came from space.com. That was an article uh, that was published, and it is SpaceX launches four civilians into orbit on historic inspiration for flight. So that was very cool, and I wanted to talk to you guys about that. And now I want to give you guys a little trivia because it is trivia time. And let's see what you know. Let's see what you can guess, right? Here we go. The inspiration for mission marks how many times that the Falcon rocket has traveled to space. All right, here's your answers. A. 26, B, 54, C, 128, or D, 197. So think about that. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the answer. So there are ways to get closer to space. There are ways to find your journey that would continue. And one way to do that is to go to the Kennedy Space Center. And that gets you as close as you probably could get to space and still be on the planet. And if you've never been to the Kennedy Space Center, it's in Merritt Island, which is Brevard County on the East Coast. It's very close to Cocoa Beach and uh, a fantastic place. If you want to give them a call, they're at 855-433-4210, or you can visit them online at kennedyspacecenter.com. Now, we took a trip to the Kennedy Space Center, and I want to kind of walk you guys through what our day was and how things went, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys in a little while, so I want to kind of go over that. So this is linked directly into the same space topic. Um, the Kennedy Space Center is here in Florida, and it's also in Texas, and those are the two locations. In fact, I have family that work at the, the location in Texas, so uh, I am very, very proud of them. Uh, when you first come in, uh, you have to pay for parking. It is not free to park there. Um, motorcycles are $5, cars and vehicles, automobiles are $10, oversized RVs and motorhomes are $15, and when you get to the gate, uh, you can buy your tickets there. Now, tickets when you go in are um, very reasonable. Um, I don't remember spending thousands of dollars to come in, but I do remember having it be very, very reasonable. Um, uh, certainly something that 
you know, a family of four, which is uh, my wife and my kids and myself, uh, when we first got in, it, it was not a huge, uh, a huge deal. So I wanted to give you the exact information as to how much the tickets are. Daily admission, and this is as of the recording of this program, uh, adults 12 and up are $57. Kids between 3 and 11 are $47. Uh, you can buy those tickets ahead of time online. Um, if you plan on doing a multi-day admission, this is a whole year of visits, which is basically an annual pass at this point. Um, they have an $82 multi-day admission for adults 12 and up. Kids between 3 and 11 are $67. And then if you have an, an, an annual pass, like I said, this is a whole year of admission. It does include free parking, 10% off admission for up to six accompanying guests per visit, and discounts on food and merchandise while you're there. Um, those are $96 for adults and $78 for kids. There is a family annual pass that includes two adults and up to four accompanying kids ages three to 11. This also gives you the discounts as well. Uh, additional discounts on additional admission, free parking, special planet play perks are also included. The family pass is $432.10. So overall, really not that unaffordable, not a bad, not a bad price. Um, I'm going to walk you through a little bit as far as going in there, seeing what you see and being close. Um, one of the first attractions you come to when you first come through the gate on your left side is the Heroes and Legends um, and the U.S. Astronaut Hall of Fame. Um, this was a very, very cool thing. You go up some stairs, you go to the top of a building, uh, I would say on the second floor. And when you come in, you go into a theater. It's kind of a 360-degree theater, and there's a movie that they show you. It takes you through launches. It takes you through kind of the history of NASA, the history of space. Um, it is dark. It is inside, so it's air-conditioned, so it is nice and cool. So if you go, guys, uh, the East Coast and Florida can get hot. I know we've talked about this several times, but definitely you know, drink lots of water, wear your sunscreen, wear your big floppy hat, wear your light-colored clothes in the summer because a lot of NASA is outside. A lot of the Kennedy Space Center is outside. Um, some of the things are inside, and I'll talk about that in just a second, but a lot of the stuff is outside. Um, this is uh, kids of all ages are able to go there. Um, and uh, this is not something that's frightening or scary. Um, it does get a little loud. There's some loud music and some loud rockets as they take off, um, but it's very, very cool uh, to be there and see that. Um, when you go out of the, the, uh, the, the movie, it'll kind of take you through kind of a, a history of where some of these astronauts have been, what they've done, maybe some of their personal effects, um, you know, the notebook of this person or the jacket, the high school jacket of this person or this person's watch that they wore in a space or it tells you the story of, you know, the different people. And then it also bleeds into the Astronaut Hall of Fame. And, and I, that was really impressive to me. Um, the Astronaut Hall of Fame has kind of a digital image or a 3D or a holographic image of every astronaut that's ever flown. And they're all there. From Apollo 1 all the way to, uh, I don't think the SpaceX people were there yet, but, but I'm sure they probably will be. Um, and they're all there. And it breaks down how many times some of these astronauts have been to space. Some of them have been to space over and over and over again. And it really surprised me. You know, you don't think of an astronaut as going up, you know, two, three, five, six, seven, ten times. But some of them have literally been support on the missions over and over and over again. Um, the, the space shuttle program went up for 30 years. 30 years, and it was a recoverable vehicle. It could be used over and over and over again. And there was three or four different space shuttles. There was Columbia, Atlantis, there was Challenger, there was several different ones. And some of those folks that went into space, they went up again and again and again. And it really kind of was 
like wow that's really that's really impressive i mean these people went to space you know four five six seven times and i and you know here i was fat dumb and happy living my life not thinking anything was you know up about anything and and yet these people had been to space over and over again so it's really really cool to um to read their stories and to see them and um, to, to see their faces and to see the people of, you know, Gus Grissom and Chuck Yeager and, and you know, and John Glenn and, and all the way down to Sally Ride and all the way down to all the people that had gone to space. And it was really, really a fantastic thing to see. And it really gives you an idea of these are, these are people, guys. These are ordinary folks just like you and me. They've just gone through special training or they've sacrificed in the military or, or you know, they were a mom who wanted to go to space or they wanted to be involved. And, and it's just it's really, really a fascinating thing to do. Um, like I said, it's a movie. It is IMAX style. It walks, you know, it basically wraps around you from left to right and up and down, um, and it's very, very cool. Um, when we came out of the uh, U.S. Astronaut Hall of Fame, uh, we walked into the Rocket Garden, and that is uh, a rocket garden. It doesn't have plants or flowers. It is huge rockets that look like they're growing out of the ground, and they are massive. They are uh, 100% real, uh, the full size. I think one of them was made a little bit smaller scale just so it could fit. Uh, we did take a narrated tour. Uh, we kind of jumped in with the rest of the tour and learned about the different rockets, learned about the history of them. Um, there were lifelike uh, rockets. It was outdoors. Uh, so again, this place is outdoors. It could rain on you. It could be hot. If you go in the in the wintertime, it could be cold. You might want to dress appropriately. Um, but it was kind of cool to walk around and see them. You can get close to them, take a picture of them. And, and you're standing on the ground next to some of these rockets that are, you know, 200, 250 feet tall. That's amazing. And, and yet the astronauts were at the very, very, very top up in the capsule, the very, very, very top up there. And it was really, really amazing. Um, one thing that we did while we were there was the shuttle Atlantis, uh, forever remembered, um, was very cool. So you go into this building. Um, outside there's a, a mock-up of the shuttle Atlantis. And you walk in and there's kind of these history of the Atlantis, the shuttles and the programs and what it's done. And you go up this ramp and you keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And then eventually you go to an anteroom where they show you a quick video of, you know, the president basically pushing NASA to say, you know, guys, we got to we got to be the first to space and we're not going to let anyone beat us because, you know, we have great scientists. We have the ability to to develop. We have the ability to do things that we need to do. And we're going to do it because this is like I said, you know, John F. Kennedy said we're going to space not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And that was fascinating. And listening to the stories of some of these people and how that kind of bled into the development of the space shuttle. And there was an astro uh, scientist who walked into a room and said, guys, you know, this is great, but I need a reusable spacecraft. I need something that's not going to crash into the ocean and have to be, you know, dug out with a fishing net and try. Nope, I want something that's going to take off like a rocket and land like an airplane. So I want you guys to get on it and you have this amount of time. And it talked about their story. Right, they talked about the things that they've done and how many challenges they went through and how this didn't work and they tried this and that didn't work and you know you kind of go from one room into the next and the movie starts around you and then all of a sudden it shows and then we developed this and this is what worked and this kind of wall opens up and there's kind of a mesh between you and the shuttle Atlantis and when that mesh kind of rises up out of the ceiling and you see it for me I've lived in Florida my whole life guys I've never lived in Connecticut or Vermont or California or Texas or anything like I've seen space shuttles before. I've looked at them. I've seen them on TV. I've seen people that have flown them. Okay, great, fine. You, until you look at them with your own eyes face to face, it took my breath away. I kind of got tears in my eyes thinking, 
Wow, that is so impressive. That is so incredible to see this massive ship, this massive vehicle that, that flew all these astronauts to space over and over and over again. And it would land down with its wheels and it would take it somewhere else and clean it up and fix it and refuel it and then send it back into space again. And, and people had ridden in this thing over and over again and it was so impressive to see. It just, it took my breath away. And they had the payload open and you could see the rocket, the, the, the robot arm that was open. And it really gave you an idea of how incredible this thing really is. So that is the Space Shuttle Atlantis Forever Remembered. It details NASA's 30-year shuttle program history. Um, it is very, very cool. Um, the um, personal effects, um, uh, there was an area in there where it talks about Forever Remembered. And this is about some of the astronauts who had died, who we'd lost. And it talked about the crew of these different astro, these different missions and what had happened to them. And it really was touching. And it really was something that gives you an idea and an understanding of the courage and the sacrifice that it takes to be um, an astronaut and, and, to, and to do what needs to be done. And forever remembered um, is part of the Shuttle Atlantis building. It's in the kind of in the back. And it's kind of a small room. It's kind of a walkthrough area. And there's pictures and box, glass boxes on one side and, and glass boxes on the right. And it's a tribute to all those that we lost on the Challenger and the Columbia missions. And it was personal effects and images of each astronaut. And for me, it really showed you the ultimate level of courage and bravery required to be an astronaut. That these people had said, you know what, I'm good. Whatever the mission is, I'm good. Whatever the risk is, I'm good. I want to do this. This is going to you know, advance humanity and advance society. And it's going to make us better understanding of space and, and you know, science. And, you know, I understand the risk that I'm getting into. I got it. I understand. And unfortunately, we did lose both the Columbia and the Challenger. And the world lost the Columbia and the Challenger. And it was something that you know, kind of takes your breath away, standing there and looking at these people's, you know, smiling faces. And you see... You know, this person had their favorite book that they read to their kids every night, and this person had this thing that they did, and they had this leather jacket that was, you know, their prized possession. And it really gives you a stark realization that even today, guys, even today, there are challenges. There, there could be lives lost in the space program, and the overall mission to explore the world, the, the, the galaxies and the universe around us, you know, it's still risky. It's still something that could go wrong. So that was really something. If, if you want to find out the history of those guys, then definitely go see that. Um, there is a giant space mirror, the Space Mirror Memorial. I thought this was really cool. It's a huge mirror. It's made of black obsidian. Um, there are names of 24 astronauts that are carved into it. They are emplaced on there. Uh, the crews of Apollo 1, like we said, Challenger and Columbia. Um, it's massive. It's right in the middle of the complex. It is outdoors. Um, it is listed as a national memorial on the National Registry of Historic Places. Um, and standing there, it's kind of like if you've ever been to Washington, D.C. and you've seen the Vietnam Wall with the names on the Vietnam Wall. This is kind of the names on the National the Space Mirror. Um, and just really, you know, it, it's kind of neat that we have that reflected. You can look at it from where you're standing, and it reflects up into the sky. So you can see up where those people were, right, or where they were going or where they had, had planned to go. And it's constantly looking up at the sky, and those people's names are looking up there. So it's really, really touching to, to, to be there and see that. Um, the same building as the Shuttle Atlantis was the NASA Now exhibit, which I thought was very cool. It does detail current NASA missions, 
Um, you can walk around, you can see things, you can sit in little uh, uh, mock-ups of the SpaceX Dragon cargo vehicle, the Atlas V rocket, um, some of the chase vehicles they've had. You can see videos of the things that have been done. They talk about some of the scientific research that they're working on. And I thought that was super, super, super cool as well. Um, one thing that my wife and kids and I all liked was the Journey to Mars, Explorers Wanted. Now, this is inside. It's in the AC. Um, the whole room, the whole building, the whole area right there is about Journey to Mars. And, and that this is the, great, the next great mission for NASA. And, and when we make it to Mars, you know, trying to build a colony on Mars. And how do we keep astronauts alive long enough to get there? And it's going to be a very long journey. And how do we grow our own food? And what are we going to do to survive? And it was really, really, really interesting, guys. Um, it talks about what's happening at NASA. Uh, you have the ability to test your knowledge and your abilities with interactive games and simulators. Uh, there are replicas of Mars rovers that shows you how they work and how they go around the planet. I thought that was really, really neat. Um, also, while you're there, if you want to take something out, there's so much more to see and do, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stay on, on, on here all day long and talk to you about it. But um, you can download a Kennedy Space Center Smart Guide uh, from the website. You can plan your day. There's a day planner. You can plan your itinerary. Um, so this is a very, very cool website to go to, and I have it pulled up right now as we're talking. Um, there are special events uh, coming up November 5th uh, at 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the Taste of Space, a Culinary Journey. Uh, so that's very, very cool. There are training simulators. The next rocket launch is supposed to be October 31st, and that is NASA's SpaceX Crew-3, so it's probably going to be a manned mission. Um, and there's just so much more, right? There's so much more to see and do there. So if you have never been to the Kennedy Space Center, make sure that you go. Go out there. Go see it. Um, and it definitely is a memory of a lifetime. They do have some cool merchandise in their gift shop. Their gift shop was huge. It was two floors. It kind of had a hollow center, so the, the, the top kind of walked around. You could see the bottom down there. Kind of reminded me of like a Bass Pro Shops kind of a thing. Um, but lots of cool T-shirts and kids' toys and games and books and, you know, magnets and stickers, and I got a sticker for my car, which is very, very cool. Um, if you're hungry or thirsty when you're out there, they do have snack areas. Um, I think it's called the launch pad. I'm not, I, I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but we had lunch out there. It was very, very good. Um, my kids had kids meals. It was not super expensive. My wife and I both had pulled pork sandwiches. I think we had fruit or f something, fruit or fries or salad or something like that. It, it was all very good. They, the, the staff was very, very quick. They were very, very quick to take care of you. Um, and it was a very, very cool thing. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, if you were heading out there today, they're open from 9 to 5, and I think the day we went out there it was probably like 9 to 5 or something like that. It was, it was very, very similar hours. Um, you can get the Kennedy Space Center official guide. This is You can download it on the App Store or on Google Play, um, and that can help you to, you know, kind of a GPS navigated kind of a thing. So that is very cool. So now it's time for our trivia time answer. So let's read the question one more time. The inspiration for a mission marks how many times has the Falcon rocket traveled to space? Is it A... 26, B, 54, C, 128, or D, 197? What do you guys think? A, B, C, or D? The correct answer is C, 128 times the inspiration for rocket has traveled to space. So very cool. I learned a bunch about the Inspiration4 and the mission. Uh, you know, God bless those people. God bless the rockets and the team and the crew. Um, I am a big supporter of the space program. I hope that we do more. I hope that we go farther into the galaxies and that we develop more on the International Space Station and that we come to that uh, utopian society that they have in Star Trek 
and uh, I definitely would would like to be able to to get to that point at some point. Guys, I'm going to call that an episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you so much for being involved. Um, remember, at any time you can get a hold of me. I am Florida Fun Six on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at Florida Fun Podcast on Instagram. Drop me an email at any time, and that is Florida Fun Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys again sometime soon. We are going to do some live food tasting, some restaurant reviews coming up real soon. Um, and you never know, guys. We might we might go live somewhere with a Florida Fun podcast video. So definitely uh, like and friend me on Facebook or on um, I'm sorry, Instagram and and and, uh, and Twitter and uh, subscribe. Uh, I also want to thank the folks from um, Podbean.com for allowing me to have my podcast on there. They have been fantastic and and it's helped me to get out and reach out to you guys. So guys, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. And make sure that you go out there and enjoy our Florida. Find something new today and go out there and have some Florida fun.